Welcome back to North Idaho Now. This is episode 170 for September 30th. This episode is brought to you by Hecla Mining Company. Hecla Mining Company is a leading low-cost silver producer with operating silver mines in Alaska, Idaho, and Mexico, and is a growing gold producer with operating mines in Quebec, Canada, and Nevada. They are the largest primary silver producer in the U.S., responsible for one-third of the silver produced in our nation. Their philosophy is to operate mines safely by promoting a deeply rooted value-based culture, leveraging mining seals built over the company's long history, and by innovating new practices. To learn more about Hecla Mining Company, please visit heclamining.com. Calm. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. Chance Watson here, as always. Check the show out on Facebook, N-I-N Pod. For our main website, nin.buzzsprout, that's B-U-Z-Z-S-P-R-O-U-T dot com. And, as always, subscribe to us on any podcast or music app that you're listening into. Uh, we really appreciate that. Welcome back to the show, everybody, once again. Uh, it is a great day because the weekend is upon us. Uh, the temperatures have gone back down to something that I am pretty happy with. Uh, I know that the folks that appreciate the warm weather are probably a little unhappy, but we are finally getting into what I would think of as fall temperatures. So pretty happy. And I don't get too angry about seeing holiday decorations now that we're right on the cusp of jumping right into October. Um, these new temperatures have calmed my calmed me a bit as recently my, my phone died. Um, I don't know uh, the folks out there that have gone through the process of getting a new phone, having a phone break that you've had for a while. I, I'm one of those people that take care of my phones. Uh, I know that there, I know I have friends that literally go as soon as they pay off their phone, they go, Oh, I'm ready for an upgrade. I'm going to get a new phone. No, I take care of my phone for the most part. I don't drop it. I keep it in a case. Um, it, it's funny. Everybody, oh, what color do you want? It really doesn't matter. Really doesn't matter. I never see the back of my phone. It's always in a case, uh, making sure it's, it's safe. And I even have a, a cool little product on the back. It, it's reminiscent of, you know, those slap bands from the nineties that you, you know, they're straight and you hit, hit your wrist real quick and then wrap around. Uh, it's kind of a similar thing to a pop socket, but uh, a little cooler and a little more handy in my, in my own personal opinion. Uh, I had to go get a new phone. Um, Google recently updated my Pixel 4 XL and bricked it, um, made it that would so no longer work. The battery, but my own phone was like, yeah, we don't know what the battery is. You should, you should probably look into this. So I took it in and of course, warranties aren't a thing that they want to, uh, follow through with. So, uh, new phone now actually just traded up to the, the Google six pro pretty happy with it so far. Um, God, the phones are getting bigger nowadays. Tablets are going to be a thing of the past because it's either going to be a computer or a phablet, essentially, um, because it seems like nowadays the phones are getting just as big as the tablets. So, uh, yeah. Dealing with Verizon, that's, you know, (laughs) I currently use Verizon, but, you know, honestly, dealing with any cell carrier is, is always going to be a frustrating process. So, thankfully, I got through that. The phone is all set up now, but, uh, I, (laughs) Was definitely a little frustrated right there for a little while. Uh, taken all care of. Now, um, I want a few things to to hit on before we get into the show today. I wanted to talk about uh, first off interviews. Uh, I did mention last week we were supposed to have Idaho Fishing Game on this week, but uh, due to a scheduling error or not a scheduling error, someone calling in sick on the uh, Fishing Game side of things, uh, that interview has been pushed out to next week. Speaking of next week, we are looking at having Sam Lighty. On the show, uh, that's a big one uh, for everybody, folks. Uh, Sam Lady, local musician, has a has a few gigs coming up. Can't wait to have him on the show. That's going to be a good time. 
Speaking of a good time, uh, I was up in Sandpoint recently covering a Sandpoint soccer game. Uh, it was quite a blowout, actually. Um, so I was scrolling through my phone, and I was happy to come across a new teaser trailer with Ryan Rollins in it for Deadpool 3 and with a special appearance by Hugh Jackman. Um, folks, Deadpool is one of my all-time favorite superheroes. Uh, I understand that most superhero uh, films are tailored to kids. Um, that's maybe because that's why I like Deadpool so much. Plus, Ryan Reynolds is fantastic in almost everything he does. Uh, I, I think he would. we would all agree that Green Lantern, including himself, including himself, uh, would say that Green Lantern was probably pretty terrible. But uh, Deadpool 3 on its way. Um, they're not even beating around the bush. Uh, Hugh Jackman reprising his role as Wolverine. Uh, early, for you SMP Now fans that have, have lasted through the show this long, uh, you would know I have some strong feelings on Wolverine. I think that he's kind of an unimaginative, boring superhero. But uh, Hugh Jackman is a fantastic actor, and the uh, the movie – like Logan is a fantastic movie. I, it's more it's more of like uh, – I like the Superman movies, but Superman is an unoriginal superhero if that, if that makes – that makes any sense. Um, other than that, folks, uh, you know, I, there were, I wrote down some other things I wanted to talk about, but you know what? That's that's kind of kind of downer stuff. You know, Coolio Coolio died recently, made it to his fifties. Um, you know, based on his lyrics, he did live much longer than he was expecting to in his most favorite song, "Gangsters Paradise." Um, so that's uh, probably a good thing on his part. But uh, who hasn't? Who hasn't? Who is, who's a 90s kid that hasn't listened to Gangster's Paradise about a thousand times? Um, that was probably the first rap song. Uh, coming from somebody who didn't listen to a lot of rap growing up, um, I was pretty – it was pretty. Uh, it, you, we've talked about it on my on our music episodes before. Uh, when I was young, I was pretty angsty and liked to listen to uh, old classic rock because I thought it was trendy or anti-trendy, I guess you could say. Um, so I didn't listen to much rap, but I, I'm fairly certain uh, that Gangster's Paradise was the very first rap song that I ever memorized from front to back. And uh, yeah, it was it was a it was a decent part of my childhood. I always like to bust that out when uh, it, the number of times that uh, friends of I have been dri- driving around and have busted that song out. So uh, rest in peace, to Coolio. And uh, yeah, other than that, hopefully uh, things go better in Ukraine as tensions rise over there. Um, sounds like the Ukrainian president is officially trying to join NATO, which. Um, you know, good for Ukraine, but also uh, could be could be one more step in an escalation that uh, I think we all don't want. So uh, hopefully cooler heads prevail on that front and things straighten out over there. All right, folks, I think it's time that we jump into some news, shall we? Home of the lowest prices in all things outdoor since 1975, Black Sheep Sporting Goods is your one-stop shop for all your camping, fishing, hunting, and clothing needs. Open Monday through Saturday from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Sundays from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Check out Black Sheep's new location in the Silver Lake Mall. I did recently. I was just there. Black Sheep Sporting Goods, celebrating 45 years as your favorite sporting goods store. Takes into Coeur d'Alene Post Falls Press headlines for Wednesday, September 28th. Headline, Candlelight Outsted as Polling Place. This by Gay Thornbrew. 
Voters who cast their ballots on Election Day at Candlelight Christian Fellowship in Coeur d'Alene may soon have a new polling place. Citing concerns about the church's political activities, Kootenai County Commissioners Bill Brooks and Chris Filios made a tentative decision Tuesday to change the polling location for precincts 403 and 405 from Candlelight to Community United Methodist Church. Commissioner Leslie Duncan was, wasn't present for the meeting. Idaho law requires commissioners to designate the same polling place for the general election that it designated for the primary election, quote, insofar as possible. For that reason, commissioners will revisit the decision next week, pending an opinion from the county's legal team. Filio suggested that political activities at Candlelight have contributed to divisiveness in the community. Quote, there is a great deal of concern over the hyper-partisan nature of the church, he said. I cannot support the continuance of Candlelight Christian as a polling location. The church hosts political candidates and makes political materials such as leaflets and sample ballots available to visitors. Van Noy has maintained that Candlelight does not endorse candidates and or causes as an entity, though the church hosts political events and sometimes created a guide for voters. During a regular Wednesday evening service in August, Van Oy urged his congregation to vote against the Coeur d'Alene School District's levy, saying public schools, quote, are on a mission to destroy your children. Boy, if that isn't fear-mongering, I really don't know what is. That could be pretty much the definition of it, honestly. Last May, after Lieutenant Governor Janice McGeehan spoke to candlelight attendees about her gubernatorial bid, Van Oy pr- uh, prayed on stage for her and endorsed her. That definitely sounds political. He later said he endorsed McGeehan as an individual, not as a pastor. Uh, splitting hairs here, Van Oy. Uh, Bonner County resident Alicia Abbott said she met with voters in Kootenai County who believe candlelight is an inappropriate polling place. Quote, candlelight Christian Fellowship is not a space where we can consider neutral and welcome to all, Abbott said. Some voters are contacted to uh, contracted the Coeur d'Alene City Council contacted rather the Coeur d'Alene City Council ahead of May pri- the pri- May primary election, expressing similar concerns about candlelight. Polling places must meet certain requirements, which limits how many facilities are suitable. Almost half of Cooney County voters who cast ballots in person for the May primary election did so at a church. In addition to 23 churches, the county also used 12 community centers, nine schools five fire stations, two city halls, one library, and one county building. I cannot say that I have listened to many of Pastor Van Oy's services and speeches and whatnot. I did get to get a glimpse of his beliefs and what he thinks during the Coeur d'Alene City Council meetings, uh, the whole saga about the invocations going on. Really glad that that's wrapped up. Um, He, I would say he has some extremist views. And uh, in these contexts and in the way that he uses his church, I would definitely I, – I think whether you agree with his views or not, you can all agree that, you know, they, they take – that church takes political stance. It's been in the spotlight a lot and certainly what they do is certainly not neutral. I definitely wouldn't say it's neutral. So, yeah, I mean it's – I have nothing against churches serving as voting places they, I've covered many elections in the past where I've gone to churches and taken photos of people voting there. Uh, it's it's usually just a space. You know, churches have large open areas that are suitable for people to come in. People are familiar with it. They're they're easy to find. Um, and if they meet all the criteria to uh, for somebody, you know, ADA and stuff like that, uh, it's fine. It's absolutely great. But in this particular case, uh, Kenlight has been at the, uh, the center of a lot of controversy and a lot of um, – hot button topics, I guess you could say. So yeah, I, I think in my own personal opinion, there is definitely some reason here to move it away from candlelight.
And just, I mean, solely based on the fact of, you know, the the direct quotes that even I have seen. I, I again, I've mentioned that I'm not an expert on Pastor Van Oy, uh, but in the in the few isolated quotes that I've had from him and heard him speak at the city council meetings, he, he's openly discriminatory against certain people. And uh, I, I just don't know if that's where you want people to go into a place that's supposed to be nonpartisan and uh, not being trying to influence uh, voters's decisions on election day own personal own personal take on that moving on another oh another contentious issue here going on boy we're just really getting into it in this edition drag performer sues bushnell this is by kay thornbrew a drag performer has sued a blogger who falsely accused him of indecent exposure and posted doctored footage of him online eric posey a kootenai county resident whose stage name is mona lisa million <laughs> Oh, not as good as uh, uh, some other drag queen names that I have heard, but Mona Lisa Million, Mona Lisa, Mona, it's with a Z, Mona Lisa, L-I-Z-A, Million. Mona Lisa Million performed June 11th at the Pride in the Park celebration in Coeur d'Alene. The next day, North Idaho blogger Summer Bushnell published an edited video of Posey's performance on her Facebook page, The Bushnell Report. The Bushnell Report. Interesting. Posey's pelvic area is blurred out in the edit video, implying nudity. Bushnell claimed that Posey exposed himself to the crowd. She called for Posey's arrest in her Facebook post, urging the public to contact police and the Idaho Attorney General's office. The video, which remains on Bushnell's page, it's still there? Yikes. Has garnered more than 19,000 views, as well as hundreds of comments and shares expressing outrage. Coeur d'Alene police said that none of the callers who contacted them had watched the performance firsthand. Well, there's your first clue. Instead, they shot Bushnell saw Bushnell's edited video. The Coeur d'Alene City Prosecutor's Office reviewed the edited video, as well as other unedited videos and photos. Prosecutors announced in July that the evidence shows Posey did not violate any state or local law. Oh, weird. Maybe it's just a doctored video. Posey filed a lawsuit against Bushnell on Monday, saying she defamed him. Well, that's accurate. When contacted by the press on Tuesday, Bushnell declined to comment on the lawsuit. No surprise. Posey requested a jury trial in the case. He is seeking compensatory, compensatory, yeah, I'm struggling with that word, damages, attorney fees, and legal costs. He said he's lost professional opportunities and suffered consequences with his permanent employer due to Bushnell's false accusations. He said the damage caused by the ended video is ongoing. Quote, provocateurs have continued to spread the doctored video of my performance, not only defaming me, but also inciting backlash toward the LGBTQIA plus community statewide. Boy, that's becoming a mouthful. Mouthful. He said, my hope is that the civil suit puts a stop to the hateful discrimination campaigns being waged in Idaho. City prosecutors have also continued to receive calls, emails, and letters about the performance, some of which were reportedly threatening in nature. The suit contends that Bushnell sought to capitalize on national attention surrounding Pride in the Park after the mass arrest on 31 members of the white supremacist hate group Patriot Front. Court documents allege that Bushnell knew her accusations were false because she possessed and viewed the unedited footage of Posey's performance, which showed no nudity. Bushnell has maintained that the unedited footage, which prosecutors confirmed showed no nudity, is too graphic for her to share on social media. Okay. In July, Bushnell emailed a link to the press that she said contained the unedited video, but the file had already been deleted and couldn't be viewed. How convenient. Yeah, um, well, um, I would, you know, usually we like to use the word allegedly a lot in this, but, uh, you know, the, the video's still on there. And uh, unless she is an unwilling participant in this where she just kind of shared a video and got duped like everybody else, uh, it sounds like she purposely created this to publicly shame and and ruin the reputation of somebody. Um 
I've stated on the show before, the drag shows are not my cup of tea. That is not my thing, but I think that everybody, that they have the right to absolutely do that. And this was obviously a tactic of somebody who's not a fan of the drag shows to disparage this individual. So that's, that's, <laughs> that's messed up, folks. And uh, it's, you know, you get, you get caught. And um, while it's, I, I mean, I don't, I, ugh, not a lawyer, don't know if it's crime or not. Prosecutors definitely said that uh, Posey isn't, isn't guilty of anything. Um, but I don't know, you know, that's defamation of character, I would say, or something like that. So, yeah, um, I would, I, I'm going to say it's early on, but I would probably say that uh, uh, Mr. Posey is uh, going to probably get paid. That's, that would be my that would be my or, or it, Mona Lisa Million, you know, how, whichever, whichever they want to go by. All right. Moving on Thursday, September 29th, County to Fund Lake Water Analysis. This is by Kay Thornbrew. Cooney County Commissioners voted Wednesday to commit $50,000 to a project analyzing lake water samples for trace and toxic metals. That's okay. Bill Brooks and Chris Filios voted to provide the funds, which will come from the fiscal year 2022 community support budget. Leslie Duncan was not present for the meeting. The University of Idaho is working with the Idaho Department of Environmental Quality to study the impacts of wakes on water quality in the near shore zone in Lake Coeur d'Alene. Though IDEQ will fund the two-year study, there was no available funding to perform additional analysis on water samples for trace and toxic metals associated with past mining waste from the Bunker Hill and Silver Valley Mining Districts. Uh, topic I'm very, very familiar with. The Coon County Natural Resource Advisory Board asked commissioners last month to help fund the project. All three commissioners expressed support. Jamie Sturgis, chairman of the advisory board, said the money would enable the University of Idaho to fully utilize the field work that is already underway. The data collected will be invaluable to Coeur d'Alene Lakeshore homeowners, recreation users, and downstream interests, Sturgis said. The county will also accept contributing funds from Lakeshore homeowners and other groups to supplement county funds. Advisory Board Member Richard Meyer told Commissioners Wednesday that six donors have contributed about $1,300 toward the study so far, with an additional funds pledged. A group of about 70 Powderhorn Bay Road users submitted a letter to Commissioners requesting the county support for the study. Well, um, another study to figure out about toxic metals in there. Uh, we might actually have the Coeur d'Alene Press in the next episode. We'll have an update on that. I, I did see um, the headline was that uh, water is water is doing better in the Coeur d'Alene Lake now. I don't know if this is the exact study. I, I doubt it. Um, but the headline, the the story online uh, report Lake CDA improving. So I don't know if this is the the exact study. I doubt it. Uh, the turnaround time would be astonishing. But uh, yeah, it sounds like things are getting better there, and um, we're looking into it. You know. It's mining waste over the years. It's definitely, definitely put a strain on the area's environment and recreational opportunities. Moving on, Sabali resigns from NIC. This by Kay Thornbrew. North Idaho College wrestling coach and former interim president Mike Sabali has resigned. Chief Communications Officer Laura Rumpler confirmed Wednesday that Sabali resigned September 23rd. Sabali was placed on administrative leave September 1st for an undetermined period of time. NIC declined to comment on the reason for his leave, citing a personal matter. Sabali did not respond Wednesday to requests for comment. Hired in June of 2019 to replace Pat Wickham, Sabali was only the fifth wrestling coach in the history of the NIC program. He came to North Idaho after five years at Northwest Kansas Technical College in Goodland, Kansas, where he coached 11 All-Americans, four national finalists, and three national championships. Sabali was named interim president of North Idaho College in October of 2021 after the Board of Trustees fired former president Rick McLennan without cause. He served in the role for about 10 months during a period marked by the resignation of three trustees and 
and a warning issued by NIC's accrediting organization, the Northwest Commission on Colleges and Universities. Yeah, not not great things to have during 10 months. Following a nationwide search for a permanent president, Nick Swain replaced Sabali effective August 1st. Athletic Director Sean Noel is overseeing NIC's wrestling program for the time being. Uh, another another tip on that, we are working on, uh, here in North Idaho now, we are looking on getting an interview with uh, President Nick Swain and uh, uh, fellow two vandals talking it out. I'm sure that that can't, sure that won't just turn into a conversation about Moscow and, and U of I. <laughs> At least we'll try not to. Moving on, Friday, September 30th, Potlatch Hill residents oppose tower. This is the mind control one, everybody. This by Kay Thornbrew. Emotions ran high Thursday when Kootenai County residents shared their concerns with county commissioners about a proposed cell tower off of Potlatch Road. The Board of Commissioners will deliberate the proposal October 6th at 9 a.m. at the Kootenai County Administration Building. Landowner Thomas Engel, AT&T, and SmartLink are seeing a conditional use per- seeking a conditional use permit to build a, quote, wireless communication facility to provide the latest 5G and 4G LTE technology. The proposed tower would be located south of the intersection of East Potlatch Hill Road and East Sky Harbor Drive. It will consist of a 150-foot lattice tower and ground equipment on a 7.13-acre parcel of land in the agricultural suburban zone. The tower would be within a 70-by-70-foot fenced area accessed from Potlatch Hill Road. The site is currently vacant land located within the city of Coeur d'Alene. The proposal has received overwhelmingly negative feedback. Between three public hearings, the county received 65 comments opposing the cell tower and just two comments in support. Those people were probably mind controlled. Uh, (laughs) One person submitted a neutral comment. Just kidding. They can't mind control somebody when the tower is not there yet. The most frequent concern expressed by residents Thursday was about the potential for lightning strikes and limited evacuation routes. Kootenai County Fire and Rescue approved the proposal with no conditions. A grounding system will be installed at the base of the tower and around the fenced area. That takes care of the lightning. Potlatch Hill Road is a single-lane dirt road with limited room coming and going. Residents said it's so narrow that emergency vehicles are sometimes unable to turn around and instead must back down the hill. Jason Lambert described how trees downed in the 2021 windstorm made it impossible for some Potlatch Potlatch Hill residents to get out. Quoted, it's a dangerous community, he said. The fear is real for people who actually live on the hill. Other comments involve concerns about the visual impact of the tower, negative effects on wildlife, and potential health risks. AT&T's representative Josh Leonard said Thursday that the proposed tower would increase coverage, the coverage area by 20 miles, filling a significant gap in their mind control coverage. Just kidding. Again, no mind control. Has nothing to do with chemtrails. Doesn't cause cancer as far as I know. <laughs> Uh, talked about this before on the show. Yeah, this is going to continue to be a contentious thing. Uh, on one hand, I'm a big, big fan of uh, the mo- most modern tech out there. Um, it used to be a lot better at having all the latest stuff. Now I'm a little more on a budget. But uh, yeah, always, always love good tech. So having 5G and faster speeds, especially after living in the Silver Valley for six years, I know all about slow internet and uh, mobile data speeds. So uh, 5G definitely is something cool. But at the same time, if I lived in the area, I'm not sure if I would want a giant cell tower in the area either. So I, I can see both sides on that. Moving on. I love every minute of being a teacher. This by Devin Weeks. The uh, the 2023 Idaho Teacher of the Year is a champion for public education, a cheerful cheerleader for her students, and, as her son put it, quote, a radioactive ball of energy. That's very, 
very unique way to explain your mother. Quote, I'm so proud of her. She's definitely de- She definitely deserves it. 13-year-old Clark Massey said, she works so much and so hard and, well, it just shows. Karen Loritzen, a third-grade teacher at Trinity Rock Elementary in Post Falls, was p- surprised by Idaho Superintendent of Public Instruction Sherry Ybarra, Post Falls School District officials, her family, and her entire school Thursday morning as everyone gathered in the gym to celebrate the big news. Quote, This is one of the best days of my life because I get to celebrate it with all of these people that I adore and all of the teachers I appreciate so much. And my family, thank you so much, Loritzen said. I love my job. She even convinced her husband, Jason Loritzen, to become a teacher at Lakes Middle School. Quote, this is my 21st year of teaching and I love every minute of being a teacher. It's the best job I could ever imagine, Karen Loritzen said. Her student, Paisley Roberts, submitted a letter in support of Loritzen receiving the honor. Her constant smile said it all. Quote, I'm so proud of her. She's the best teacher I've ever had, Paisley said. We're just, uh, we're all just so proud of her and so excited that she got this opportunity. Loritzen received a $1,000 check, bouquet of flowers, balloons, and nonstop hugs when the announcement was made. The Idaho State Department of Education received 348 nominations that resulted in 58 teacher applications for the accolades. Loritzen was selected by a blue ribbon panel from among 13 finalists. She will serve as a spokesperson and representative for Idaho educators, and she will be the state's nominee for National Teacher of the Year. Yabara said Loritzen has found creative and effective ways to help students continue classroom conversations at home while connecting their families on a daily basis. Loritzen has served on the school's behavioral leadership teams, providing focused professional development to school and school and district staff. In 2021, she was the Treaty Rock Teacher of the Year. Congratulations to her. That is an c- incredible honor. Lots of teachers that you had to uh, be sorted through to finally you know, rise to the top of the ranks there. Congratulations to her. Awesome thing. And uh, yeah, um, go hug a teacher or don't maybe don't hug them. That's, that's probably frowned upon nowadays. Probably just say hi to a teacher and thank them for what they do. Um, it's, not, uh, it's, it's a hard job, folks, as somebody who uh, dabbled in the idea of becoming a teacher and still still you know one day maybe keep the idea open uh definitely not for the faint of heart or uh an easy gig in any way Initial success or total failure? Mad Bomber Brewing Company, located at 9265 North Government Way in Hayden, Idaho, is a veteran-owned and operated business that has been serving North Idaho since 2013. Swing by the brewery to see the new taproom renovations and try the freshly tapped Oktoberfest. This ale features Munich Malt and English yeast, giving it a slightly sweet, earthy finish. Speaking of Oktoberfest, check out the Bomber's Oktoberfest party on October 15th. Check out the Pressed Sandwich and Waffle Food Trailer 208 Press on Open Mic Night Wednesdays. Football fans out there also shouldn't miss out on Sunday potlucks. Come watch the game, enjoy some food, and roll some dice for each touchdown scored for a chance to win free beer. Mad Bomber Brewing also offers a wide selection of ciders for those who may not want beer. Located near Triple Play, come by and mention the podcast when you order to receive $1 off your first beer. Mad Bomber Brewing, recklessly brewed in Hayden, Idaho. Takes in two. Bonner County Daily Bee headlines out of Sandpoint for Wednesday, September 28th. Headline, two killed in Monday collision. 
Two people were killed in a two-vehicle collision north of Priest River on Highway 57 on Monday afternoon. Idaho State Police said that Priest, a Priest River man, 47, was southbound in a 1997 Dodge Ram 1500 pickup on the highway when the vehicle crossed left of center. A red 1996 GMC Sonoma pickup driven by a Nordman male, 34, was traveling northbound and was struck head-on. Neither driver was wearing a seatbelt, and both succumbed to their injuries at the scene, ISP officials said in the press release. The collision was reported about 3.33 p.m. Monday near milepost 10.5 on Highway 57 in Bonner County. Highway 57 in the area of the crash was partially blocked for approximately four and a half hours. Next of kin have been notified. The incident remains under investigation. Moving on, local crews to assume fire control. A minor fire update here. This is by Bo White Eagle. The Kootenai River Complex is expected to trans back, uh, transition back to the Bonner Fi- Bonners Ferry Ranger District this weekend. Over the next several days, some fire crews will have reached the end of their assignment period or are shifting efforts to other objectives such as suppression repair. In addition, with fire objectives remaining at 85% complete, fire behavior has become a little more active in the last day or two, causing widespread spo- smoke and fog at lower elevations due to an inversion layer coupled with light winds, officials said. The fire has burned an estimated 21,808 acres since it was started by lightning in mid-August. Good to hear that sounds like the fires up north are finally wrapping up. Moving on, Thursday, September 29th, new VA center opening in Kootenai. This is by Daniel Radford. There's a new Veterans Affairs Health Center in the community and local veterans are invited to celebrate. STGI International and Veterans Affairs will dedicate the new Rural Health Center, 130 McGee Road, that's M-C-G-H-E-E Road, Suite 101 in Kootenai. The, ho- the open house is taking place Wednesday, October 5th from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Virginia-based STGI already operates dozens of similar clinics across the country, VA officials said in announcing the center's opening. Founded in 1997, STGI boasts a record of contracting with numerous federal departments and agencies. The entity specializes in, quote, healthcare services, training services, and grants management to federal customers, according to its website. Quote, we look forward to serving this region in a high-tech, beautiful facility that has been designed to offer world-class health Healthcare in a comfortable home-like environment, SGGI spokesperson Candace Burnside said in the press release. The company is welcomed by VA officials. Quote, we are so pleased to welcome SG, STGI International and their team to this community to provide health care to the veterans of North Idaho and this region, said Dr. Robert J. Fisher, Medical Center Director of Man Grand Staff VA Medical Center in Spokane, which serves veterans from eastern Washington, North Idaho, and northwestern Montana. The contract previously was held by Kanixu Health Services, which had regularly renewed the contract in the past. However, VA officials said STGI made it more attractive bid to the agency. Quote, the new clinic contractor has developed space roughly three times larger than the previous clinic, Fisher said. According to the press release, SGGI, quote, is poised to offer a full-time physician, an advanced registered nurse practitioner, and two full primary care teams in addition to mental health, telehealth, limited uh, uh, laboratory, laboratory, the laboratory, limited laboratory, and other health care services. According to Miriam Lanetti, manager of the current VA facility in Sandpoint area, the two full primary care teams will be an upgrade from the services offered at their current facility. According to Joey Levesque, a nurse at the current VA facility, the first day of operations will be Tuesday, October 4th. The clinic will be open Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. Awesome. Uh, Vets getting more services. Never going to complain with that. Moving on, Friday, September 30th, Old Town Man hit 
with drug charges. He's, he was hit with them. Somebody, the, 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 the district attorney came up, had the charges like a, like a wadded up newspaper. He just hit him over the head with it. That's, that's, that's the story. That's it. That was by Daniel Radford. And we're just kidding. Uh, Old Town Man Hit with Drug Charges by Daniel Radford. An old town man has been arrested on a variety of drug charges after hundreds of pills, multiple drugs, and drug paraphernalia were found by Bonner County deputies Wednesday. Because the investigation is ongoing, sheriff's officials said they are not releasing any additional information at this time. Eric D. Lara, 34, was arrested on charges of possession of fentanyl with intent to deliver possession of methamphetamine, marijuana, and drug paraphernalia. In a press release posted to the Bonner County Sheriff's Office Facebook page, officials said they found 300 fake pills of oxycodone, 300 pills of prepackaged fentanyl, marijuana, possibly meth, and assorted drug paraphernalia. The fentanyl pills alone are estimated to have a street value of about $3,000. Yeah, fentanyl. Fentanyl's very bad. I um, read a lot of stories on the show about this. Uh, folks, don't do fentanyl. Don't, don't, don't do Mexi Blues. Don't, don't, just, just don't. It's really, drug, drugs are bad. Drugs are bad. Okay. <laughs> it's my Mr. Mackey impression from South Park. Deputies arrested Laura at his residence and detectives obtained a search warrant for the premises. Laura was held without bail before he appeared in court for an initial appearance Thursday afternoon. His preliminary hearing will be October 12th. Laura is currently charged with both felony and misdemeanor possession of a controlled substance, felony delivery of a controlled substance, and misdemeanor possession of a drug paraphernalia and could face tens of thousands of dollars in fines and life in prison is convicted. I uh, think he's probably not going to. Unless he's got something prior, I, I doubt he's going to spend life in prison for drug possession. But, you know, it's, that uh, that's that's the high bark. You know, that's that's how negotiations go. Moving on. Come throw down. This is by Bo Whiteagle. Many will throw, but only one will win. Oh, like like that lead, Bo. Nice work. The Clark Fork High School Cornhole Tournament and fundraiser, that is, is an event being organized by the junior class. On Saturday, October 8th, challengers in the community are invited to come out and put their cornhole skills to the test. Doubling as a fundraiser, the funds raised will be used for the 2023 prom, which the CFHS junior class will also plan. Hoping for more than fundraising, the junior class parents spearheading the event Heather Howard said the tournament will also be a fun way to interact with the community. To plan the event, junior class advisors and junior class parents took the input of other students and decided to work with the nonprofit 7B Baggers, whose mission is to grow the sport of cornhole. Featuring individual and team competitors, the tournament will also be broken into brackets for different skill levels. Prizes for the tournament won't be the highlights as there will be food, drinks, and a bake sale raffle, and more all of which will be facilitated by students of the junior class. Registration fees will vary depending on competition slots, single or team, and pre-registration is encouraged, Howard said. To pre-register, contact Howard via call or text at 208-255-9238 or use the Score Julio app. Score Julio. Yeah, that's that's it. Uh, app available on any smartphone. The community can get involved by joining in the fun and participating in either the single division or bringing a friend to take on the pay, uh, take the part in doubles. The, the community can also help by donating gift certificates or prizes, raffle items, or by making donations to the prom fund. Howard said, uh, "I am actually." set to go up to Clark Fork tonight as I record this Friday afternoon. Uh, going to be covering the homecoming game up in Clark Fork. Uh, very first lived in North Idaho my life, whole life. Never been up there before. So I am excited to check out the town. 
Watts Appliances has been providing incomparable customer service to the Silver Valley for over 50 years. The family-owned and operated business has a wealth of knowledge regarding appliances and the brands they sell. Whether you're in need of a new washing machine or have questions about refrigerators, Watts Appliance is ready to help. Visit wattsappliance.com or stop by and visit at 3 North Division Street in Pinehurst. Takes in two Shoshone News Press headlines for Friday, September 30th. Headline SMC Kids Health Fair Community Success. This is by Molly Roberts. After two years of COVID-19 restrictions, Shoshone Medical Center Kids Health Fair was back in action, holding its outdoor event this past weekend and spreading health awareness to the community. This was the 14th annual free fair, focusing on educating children and their families on health care and discovering community resources in a safe, fun environment. Another critical aspect of the event is a clothing giveaway, and this year SMC was able to provide more than 167 coats, hats, and scarves to children who need them for the upcoming colder months. Around 14 community groups were set up on the SMC Health and Wellness Outdoor Track, including Shoshone Medical Center Foundation, which all which also sponsored the fair. SMC Administrative Assistant Susan Berry was thrilled with the turnout, telling the news press, quote, the event was well attended and the weather was perfect for the barbecue. Many families picnicked on the grass and enjoyed the all-exhibitor information. All the exhibitor information, rather. More than 150 families pursued the different boo- perused the different booths and collected resources, free swag, and treats along the way. Quote, Cooney Health gave away 108 bike helmets and educated families on helmet safety, and their tobacco team also brought their mega, M-E-G-A, mini brain that had a fun interactive trivia quiz for the kids, Barry said. Other community groups included Mountain Valley of Cascadia, giving out cotton candy, North Idaho CASA, providing supplies for parents, and Shoshone County Sheriff's Office, providing safety information and resources, as well as the deputies playing some cornhole with attendees for different prizes. That sounds fun. Despite not holding the health fair in person for the past couple of years, SMC could still provide free coats to to more than 200 children in 2021 as families drove through the event instead of walking through to maintain social distancing. SMC provides critical access to health care to the entire Silver Valley community, offering many inpatient and outpatient uh, services. For more information, call 208-784-1221 or visit ShoshoneHealth.com. This was something that I covered for many years during my time in Shoshone. Uh, The folks over at SMC are good people, and this event has always been a good thing for for locals and, and kids in the area for those codes. Moving on, headline, can you dig it? That's good headline, Josh. This is by Josh McDonald. There is just something about the athletic rivalry between the Kellogg and Wallace High Schools that will never grow old, but it becomes memorable when both communities come together for a good cause. On Wednesday evening, that good cause was the annual Dig Pink Night. Dig Pink has been a banner event for the Wallace and Kellogg volleyball programs for the past few years and has acted as their way to give back to the local cancer community while bringing people together to celebrate their efforts and show off their talents. With National Brass Cancer Awareness Month right around the corner and with both squads already in their throws of several very competitive conference matches, the game was played outside October for the first time. Quote, My favorite part of Dig Pink is the balance between competitiveness and community, said WHS volleyball coach Katie Bauer. We are able to have an exciting competition, yet still act as one community to support cancer patients. While Kellogg's volleyball teams won the battle on the scoreboard, it was those in attendance and the Shoshone Cancer Resource Center who left Kirby Krulitz Court with a victory. Between the JV and varsity matchups, Wallace Junior Senior High School Principal Don Almquist presented a check for $1,000 to the SCRC. The students at Wallace High School had been busy in the lead-up to Wallace Night, using uh, Wednesday night, using a very creative fundraiser to raise funds for the SCRC. Quote, 
The $1,000 was raised by our students that participate in our Friday hat days, Bauer said. Students pay $1 every Friday if they want to wear a hat for the day. WHS does not regularly allow hats as part of their dress code. Yeah, that's frustrating. Flashbacks to my time at Post Falls. Over the past few seasons, volleyball matches in particular have become quite major school events, complete with themes and costumes. Wednesday night was no different. The students turned out in pink pink, uh, in pink droves for the game. The dueling chants from the student sections highlighted just how competitive both student bodies are, as well as how badly each side wanted to see their team get the win. We'll also plan another Dig Pink event next week when they travel up to Mullen on October 6th at 6 p.m. at the Mullen Pavilion. That game will also be Mullen's Senior Night. Anyone that brings a non-perishable food item to donate will receive free admission into the game, and any cash donations received at the game will be donated to the fight against breast cancer. It's a good cause, folks. The games are great. Um, covered it a couple times myself. Great, great time. Great time, good cause. Pushing further even north, the Bonners Ferry Herald headlines from Thursday, September 29th. BCSA receives donation from the Eagles Auxiliary. The Bonner County Skate Park Association has received a donation from Bonners Ferry Eagles number 3522 Auxiliary. Prior to the Boundary County Fair, the Eagles Auxiliary surprised BCSA with an unsolicited raffle on their behalf, which took place at the Eagles Fair booth. The, do- the total donated to the BCSA project was $1,385. BCSA officials said the donation has been added to the trust account and will be used as seed money for upcoming fundraisers. BCSA is an all-volunteer skate park advocacy group formed as a special committee of the Boundary, Boundary County Parks and Recreation Department Board. The group is working on a three- to five-year goal of replacing and existing the aging 2,000-square-foot skate park with a new wheeled sports park that will be 8,000 to 10,000 square feet. Officials said the park will be designed by the community for the community for skaters, skateboarders, scooter riders, and possibly BMX bike riders for decades to come. Oh, so rollerbladers? We just, no, nope, can't go. Nope, not for rollerbladers. Not allowed there. Just kidding. As, as somebody who rollerblades a lot, I never went to a skate park. So I, I, a lot of fake outrage right there. BCSA officials compared to the gr- compared their group to the small group of volunteers who built the playground at Memorial Park. Quote, with only four months in, we're off to a pretty good start, said Jeffrey Phillips of BCSA. We've started making some other fu- fundraising plans like grant research and solicitation, solicitations for charitable contributions, which we will pursue, du- pursue during the winter. And we are gaining support every day. BCSA is hosting a Halloween party at the Memorial Park under the pavilion on October 22nd. There will be fun and prizes with raffle items to benefit the skate park project. There are also plenty a Christmas movie at the high school auditorium. Quote, rumor has it that Santa will be there for some photo ops with the kids, Phillips said. For more information, visit BCSA website. That's www.BoundaryCountySkatePartAlliance, all one word, dot org, or follow them on social media at Boundary County Skate Park Alliance. Meetings are held every other Friday. The next meeting is September 30th at 6 p.m. at the skate park. So that's tonight, folks. Officials thanked everyone that joined BCSA at the fair, fair parade that helped pick up trash. Hey, skate parks are a great thing. Uh, gets, gets keeps the kids out of trouble anyway. Once again, we'd like to thank Hecla Mining Company for sponsoring this episode. To learn more about Hecla Mining Company, please visit HeclaMining.com. 
All right, everybody. Thanks again for listening in. I really appreciate it. We really appreciate it. Uh, Once again, please like, comment, and share all of our stuff on social media. If you're interested in the stories we talked about today or the ones we did not, check us out at www.coeurdelainepress.com, showshownewspress.com, bonnercountydailyb.com, or thebonnersferryherald.com. Or you can also check out any of those products on their social media sites. Uh, The Show News Press is on Facebook and Instagram, Coeurdelaine Press, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Bonner County Daily B, Bonner's Fair Herald, also Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Check them out there. And if you listen to the North Idaho Now podcast on a podcatcher or a music app such as Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, we're on all of them. Please subscribe and leave a nice review. Uh, that keeps me employed. That keeps uh, my boss happy. And that uh, incentivizes people to maybe purchase some ads on the show. And if you're interested in purchasing ads on the show, please email me, that's Chance Watson, at C Watson, W A T S O N, at Shoshone, that's S H O S H O N E, Newspress, N E W S P R E S S dot com. And we can get you on. Uh, political season right around the corner. So if you are with uh, with somebody's campaign or something, feel free to reach out or I'll do or I'll reach out to you. We will see how that will work out. All right, everybody. Thanks again for listening in. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you next week.